We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it is Friday, yes. Welcome to Studio 222 at the ABC in Ultimo for another edition of TGIF across New South Wales. Dom Knight is my name, filling in for Richard Glover, who after many years of his Novid status, finally succumbed to the dreaded Logie uh, this week. Please welcome this week's panel, Gary Eck. Hello, Gary. Hey, Dom. How's it going? Carolyn Swindell, welcome aboard. Thank you, Dom. And Tommy Dean. Good to be back. It's so good to be back. And I'm a little disappointed, I have to say, right now here as a representative for New South Wales Health, uh, Richard Glover is letting me down. <laughs> he is. Yeah. I, I, I know, that's true. Um, I, I gather he's okay. He's been tweeting merrily along and he said he was on the antivirals. So uh, I'm sure he's, he's going to be sure just fine. I'm sure he's fine. I th- it, you know, but that seems like a way to just cover... The lack of a doctor's certificate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's... I'm hoping he's going to supply one. You've got to I do that. I don't know. I just feel that. Someone who understands how this system works now, it Are just you... feels like if you just keep tweeting, I don't feel so good today, everyone, send. Are you allowed to issue... Here's a picture issue... of me at the beach, but look, I've got <laughs> tissues next to me, send. Are you allowed to issue medical certificates at this point, Tommy? Is that... Are you? Well, allowed... I mean, I can call your boss and have a word Yeah, that's good. That's, yeah. A, that's a very useful thing. Have you actually, you can actually... You probably can call Richard, can you? Oh, I'll do it right now. Hey, ABC management, Richard Glover was at the same function that I was at, and oh, I'm totally fine. So I think he's lying. Have a word. Look, Dock him a week's pay. I don't want to bring a conspiracy theory on here, but it, it has certainly been suggested by some on the text line, Tommy, that this all came down at the live TGIF last week. I agree. That's what I'm mm. saying. He, We were all there at Parramatta. I was backstage with all the same people that he was with. Mm. We did our classic pre-TGIF making out thing that we always do. <laughs> Is that why it says occasional nudity in the intro? Exactly. Yeah. We really only do it for the that. live that shows. Nice welcome. It was so good. Jodine Brooks was a real trooper. Yeah, that's kind of it to take one for the team. Um, TGIF, by the way, is coming to the Wagga Comedy Festival. You can join Richard we hope, uh, next Friday with uh, a hilarious panel, Tommy Dean, Gene Kitson and Jen Wong. Only 10 bucks for a ticket. You've got to go to abc.net.au slash Sydney. Click on the banner to get your tickets. That's next week. Another, there's been so many live versions of the show. Well, yeah. and here's the thing. We're going to have to start instigating rat tests at the door. So yeah. just start <laughs> understanding. If you start seeing me in my official clobber with Q-tips out the front of the show... <laughs> Get your nose out. If Tommy <laughs> Dean yeah. wants to stick something up your nose, I think under the New South Wales mm. state law, you can't you say to. no. You can't say yeah, no. That's true. We've also got live yeah. music for you to, uh, tonight, by the way, for, from the cast of the musical City of Angels. It comes to the Hayes Theatre in Potts Point later this month, so I can see them getting ready in the other room. They're going to absolutely <laughs> oh, yeah. noir <laughs> musical Sitting on their phones. They're sitting their phones texting, yeah. retweeting Richard's tweets. Yeah. They were about, so sick. Like, about five minutes ago, they were singing in for. I think they thought, yeah, we've done. We've done our warm-up. We're they look okay. good. They're they're all, yeah. Quietly confident Quite in the soundproof yeah. room adjoining this one. Let's get to the news, though. Who suggested this week, Gary Eck, that the yeah. solution to the current rental prices, uh, the crisis, would be to have more people sharing their dwellings than we do now? Yes. This Well, this is uh, our ABA, RBA boss, uh, uh, Philip Lowe, mm. as I like to call him, uh, Philip High. Interest rates! Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, I got a bit aggressive there. 
But uh, yeah, no, he's well. He's suggesting because of the spiraling rent crisis that uh, people should share homes and kids shouldn't move out of home. They should just stay with their parents forever. Mm. Um, well, that's kind of what he's implying. I don't think he's kind of aware people are actually doing that. Anyway, <laughs> it's like, and it's all right for him. I mean, the guy lives in a mansion. He's probably got like 80 rooms. I mean, you could probably share a few of those. Well, this is what I'm wondering. I mean, surely he can open up the doors and set a good example, can't he? Well, yeah, totally. I mean, I don't, I mean, there is a, there is a rent crisis. I mean, you know, there's a housing crisis when cockroaches are finding it hard to find a home. <laughs> Like, I looked under my fridge and there were four backpackers and a fam- <laughs> family of seven. Um, and, and the quite kids, tragic. No the room for the cockroaches. Kids with the parents still, after, after the weeks, they're probably uh, 20 or 30 in cockroach years by now. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> kids, aren't, kids aren't leaving home. I mean, they've got nowhere to go if it's so expensive. So what do, what do we think? Who should be moving in with Philip Lowe to set an example? To the rest of us, uh, the governor should be opening up the doors, absolutely. What do mm. you think, Carolyn? Well, I think to have a true share house experience, you need to have a flatmate who's willfully unemployed, so someone who's always lying on the couch, always dominating the TV, and someone who you're never sure whether they're going to be able to make their share of rent or bills. <laughs> and uh, So I'm thinking Mark McGowan might be a good one, <laughs> although he'd just be constantly trying to shut Phil out of parts of his own house. Quite so, possibly. Well, if you want people who've just left their job in Ben Robert, but Smith's available. Mm. It'd be hard to say no if he knocked on your door. Half of PwC. Yes, mm. yes, absolutely. What do you reckon, Tommy? If the Reserve Bank Governor wants to set an example, shouldn't he be bringing people in? Why don't you bring the staff in? Oh. Bring the staff from the RBA in, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's what they want, you know. Just, mm. like, just bring them all in, free their houses up. Live with, live with boss. Yeah, like, just make it just, just say how serious he is about solving this situation. He's going to bring his entire team under the roof, and they are now 24-7 trying to solve the housing crisis of Australia. <laughs> it's like a Always. big brother. We can if you had it. your entire house overflowing with everyone you worked with, you would get some stuff done. <laughs> you would, you <laughs> would make some decisions. You would make some big manoeuvres to make this stop as fast as you could. Did you not think, though, in lockdown, all I need is six weeks at home to be able to get this place in order? And, and certainly my house at the end of the no, first no, lockdown your family. was in I'm saying if I was forced to be locked down with, say, you know, half of the inner west suburb, <laughs> and the only way was like if you get yourself sorted out, and they'll leave. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you need the motivator. If it's my wife and my kids, I love them. Of course, we didn't do the laundry. We were having too much fun learning sourdough and playing board games. What a delightful time it was to be alive. But if I'm at home with everybody from the office 24-7, we are having some meetings. All right, Governor, we'll maybe get on that. I'm just wondering what, about your share house experiences because, I mean, it's a mixed bag. Uh, the Governor saying, open up your doors, you know, jump on one of the websites, have a, have a room available. Mm. But I had some pretty bizarre flatmates back in my, mm. my days of renting and share housing. Mm. Who, who did you... I actually at one point shared uh, with one of the members of The Chaser, who despite being yeah. quite funny most of the time, was very annoying about the cleaning roster. I'm not going to name and shame Julian, but um, yeah. we did share yeah. back in the day. We did. Uh, what, what did you find, uh, Gary? Well, you know, I've got to be... I've got to confess something here. I've only ever lived by myself. Um, it's very selfish of me. I mean, Philip Lowe would be very angry. You're part right of the now. problem! Yeah, I'm part of the problem, but uh, maybe I'm the weird one to share a house with. So uh, I don't know. Maybe that's what I would take from that if I were you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the problem. I think. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, think I want to. I want to share a house with somebody. Look, if the RBA is listening, uh, I really think Gary Eck. It's, yeah. it, this is a cry for help. I think if Phil Lowe needs to take Gary Eck under his mm. under his uh, gov- gubernatorial wing, mate, don't say that because Philip, people like Philip Lowe are looking for like an excuse. He's going to be the next announcement. <laughs> Gary Eck is to blame for the housing crisis. Uh, that's it, Gary Eck. Point that's the finger. Not a bad impression of an RBA governor. Any strange flatmates in your past, Caroline Swindell? 
Well, in the 80s when I was living with my family in the San Fernando Valley in California, I had a strange, uh, we live next door to the Ockmonics, I don't know if you remember them, but a um, guy named Gordon Shumway crashed through the roof of our garage and came to live with us. He was from the planet uh, Melmac, I believe, and uh, he just wanted to eat our cat. So <laughs> that was that was quite strange. Um, I thought it was more interesting to reference Alf than talk about the ophthalmologist <laughs> I lived with one time. <laughs> no, no, but it's quite a personal question I'm asking you, isn't it? Um, any strange flat in your past I think 100%, I, and I think the problem is every one of us is strange. It is a very deep and intimate way to go about life in the same space as anyone. It's awkward just going into a public urinal, and you only have <laughs> yeah. 30 seconds near a guy you don't know, and yet you're at your most vulnerable, and now you're doing that in your house. <laughs> in I had one room. flatmate, well, I don't want to kind of say who it is, but it's someone who works in the media, who built an entire bedroom set using scavenged milk crates. And I wasn't sure whether it'd just be like, that's incredibly ingenious, well done, and, and thrifty, or think, what's going on? Or dob him in. You know how every milk crate has the phone number mm-hmm. It was a big ethical dilemma. It's got to be Rootcastle with that war on waste stuff, right? <laughs> this started early. No, no, it wasn't Rootcastle. <laughs> so there you go, the housing crisis, the Reserve Bank government, Philip Blow, well, says... My roommate's bed is built out of Amazon boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Stolen from the neighbour's porch. <laughs> All right, now, fashionable in politics this week. Uh, we actually looked at this. Both Anthony Albanese and Peter Dutton have accused each other of running scare campaigns and being alarmist. Uh, which politician, Carolyn, uh, accused the No campaign uh, in The Voice this week? I might have just given it away of running a scare campaign in the Loicha O'Donoghue address given this week. So I think this is the Prime Minister? It's the Prime oh, Minister, yeah. thank heavens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and what I wanted to do was just challenge our panel, just, just to have a go, if scare campaigns are so fashionable, can you take turns scaring the listeners of TGIF here. I want to know, Carolyn, is there something terrifying that you want to scare us? Not, well, not to do with the voice, just anything scary you can think of. Absolutely, and this will scare the pants off a number of ABC listeners. There is an impending apostrophe catastrophe <gasps> going to hit this nation. one three hundred triple two seven two eight four six seven nine double two seven eight two. 2702 Where the phones will melt. Mm. Yes, we are in deep mm. punctuation peril. There is a tsunami of spelling errors coming our way and we need to arm ourselves with sharpies and we need to get out and, and hold back this wave. So you think we should be adding the apostrophes where they're... I think we should be correcting menus wherever we see them. Chalkboards with errant apostrophes should be removed with an item of clothing if necessary. I think that we need to fight this scourge. And I know I'm not alone in, in this worry. I remember back in the day, didn't Column 8 have a character called Apostrophe Man? I, th- I think they got many, many days of content out of apostrophes <laughs> back when... Is Column 8 still a thing? I don't think it is. Okay, excellent. So... Uh, Jordan's goal is contractions and connections. It, it, it seems the word itself is too long, so I don't want to scare the people. We're going to be mm. changing the name. Apostrophe <laughs> is a four-syllable nightmare mm. that overstates the job of the tiny little tick. Mm. I prefer, I forget the comic's name, but he always called it a sky comma. Sky comma, <laughs> that's right. It sky is true. Comma. It's surprising that Australia, a country that loves abbreviating things, hasn't yeah. gone, oh, it's an apo. The apo. Yeah. Apo, yeah. A strof. It's a strof. Strof, mate. Yep. Strof, 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 strof is there, buddy. I, I can't condone this. I think that we have to stand by its official and formal name. So that's that's part of yeah, fighting this scourge. The people who write letters to the ABC would very much agree that you, you can't abbreviate apostrophe on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Uh, Tommy mm. Dean, any scare campaigns from you? Yes, I would just like to say that if we the numbers do not come out, if we do not achieve a 100% sellout at the live TGIF in Wagga Wagga. Mm. We will suspend all professional musical acts 
and Gary and I will constantly sing Islands in the Stream as a duet. <laughs> With the that will be the musical yeah. entertainment of TGIF. Ongoing. That is my threat to you. Yeah. Are you in a position to give us a little taste of Islands on the Stream? <laughs> islands on the Stream. Um, no, we're not going to do that. But um, you told me it is what it. we are. <laughs> no one in between. Nowhere in between. Yeah. yeah. Something. How, could we how can wrong? we be wrong? This is Come on, Tommy. You know this well. Sail away well. with me. So we can... To another world, to another Gary, world. for God's sake. Can we rely on each other? Is that in there somewhere? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> very, very well done. <laughs> so there you go. That's both a That's terrifying prospect and a plug for TGI yeah. Live at uh, in, in, in Wagga Wagga next Friday. <laughs> Jump on the ABC Radio Sydney website, abc.net.au slash Sydney to get tickets. Gary Eck, scare mm. campaigns are in here at TGIF. Uh, everyone's doing them apparently in politics. What's yours? Um, I think uh, AI. AI is taking over. Ooh. That seems to be the scare campaign at the moment. Chat GTP, you know. I mean, is Richard really sick or is ABC, you know. Mm. When you think about it, like a presenter, that's the perfect job to replace with, with well, AI. I mean, come on. I mean, news and traffic, do you really need a human? I must say. Do you say, really need Dom? Sarah McDonald, people might have seen the story on the ABC website about this. Sarah volunteered, uh, I think, last year to have the whole of her voice synthesised um, by ABC uh, technologists. So they produced a completely digital Sarah McDonald. It can read news stories to you. Very brave mm. of Sarah. And I guess the dilemma is, um, would I like to make myself more replaceable? But the name will endure forever. There will be a certain, you know, yeah. thousand years Sarah McDonald yeah. will present mornings. Yeah. On Tom ABC Radio still City. on ABC 702 in the, in the third millennium. Well, I'm a fill-in presenter. <laughs> I'm, this is Doesn't a direct matter. threat to my existence. <laughs> Wouldn't it be strange if just to pretend that they really had fill-ins, they synthesised my voice? There you go. Uh, how scared are we, by the way, of AI on the panel? Does anyone... I mean, you're comedy people. It can't do your job. We can't have I've, a... I've used chat, G, G, chat GTP to, you know, see if it can come up with any jokes, and it's not very good. No. It's just very lame, and it's very sort of, you know, it'll just throw you some old jokes. But it is really good for writing reference letters. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done Sick that. Notes. Yeah, just stuff that someone asked me to, you know, could they write a, could I write a reference letter for an application they're doing? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I just wrote in, write, you know, reference letter for this, bang, chat D GTP. Brilliant. I just sent it to them. First what? off, the fact that it calls itself a chat. complicated, it's not even a, yeah, I can't even say it properly. I know, it's, yeah. it doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah. Come on, help us out, AI. I should ask, find a better find name a better for, name for you. Yes, that's find true, a better actually. name for you. <laughs> what does GPT stand for? I don't know. I don't, um, yeah, it doesn't even Global know. Positioning Technology. Is it presumably, no, I don't know what it is. But no, look, you'd think it could come up with, um, I mean, a breakup note. If you need yeah. to write a, because those things take a long time. Mm. You have to write a, like a text or, a, or an email. Mm. Chat GPT, it's not going to do a good job, but it doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, you, you don't need mm. to write a literary masterpiece to break up with someone. But you, it does you actually write a good one because it bases it on, it obviously picks out all the best breakup letters oh, that have ever existed do. and kind of amalgamates them into a great breakup letter. The so greatest of go, all time. Oh, that's, that's really good. The problem is anyone else who writes in the same thing is going to get a very similar breakup letter. You'd, you'd just be going, oh, there's a problem with me, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting the same letter every single time. <laughs> if you are ever breaking up with a pedant, though, if just use the wrong your or your, and not be so happy <laughs> yeah. to have you out of your lives. <laughs> very, very good point. Uh, this is, <laughs> this is uh, well, we know what it is. Thank God it's... 
If you're thinking Richard Glover has a fairly high-pitched voice today, it is not him. He's unfortunately recovering from COVID. It's Dom Knight filling in for him. Well, Across it is unfortunate that he's recovering. Mm. I can't think of anything more unfortunate than his recovery. <laughs> he's recovering. <laughs> he's recovering. That's unfortunate. Well, we hope he makes it to Wagga uh, next week because, you know, do we, have, do we have to refund if Richard can't make it? I hope, I hope it's all right. $2. You get $2. $2 back. That's you get $2. <laughs> for 20% of the panel. Now, which TV series, Tommy Dean, about a dysfunctional family of billionaires came to an end this week? We'll try and do this without spoilers for those who haven't seen the final episode. Well, you're safe with me then, Dom, because uh, I think it's even interesting to use a term to say it came to end this week. Did it? Because in my universe, <laughs> the f- fourth season has only just begun. Oh, very good. I've only just begun. I'm two episodes in. I'm still far away from this ending that everyone says has ended. I don't think that's how it works. Hmm. Streaming has made a multiverse of how we view television. That's true. All possible stages in the plot someone's at in the series. At any given time. But uh, I love the idea of this idea of succession syndrome. Because I never saw it as that. I never saw this idea that succession was supposed to make us feel bad for billionaires. I think it just reminded us that no matter how much money you have, if you're a jerk, you're a jerk. (laughs) You're a billionaire, but you're a jerk. There's just no fixing it. And I just actually find it at times. There's two shows that I've had the hardest time watching, uh, Succession, because I'm not sympathetic with any of them at all. It just seems like noxious noise at all times. And the other one was Breaking Bad. Because it was just so violent and terrible and so many horrible things were happening. And both of them driven by huge amounts of money, a need for power at the top. And it just feels like I think that you should always just appeal to the middle class. Middle class is where happiness is. That makes sense. Yep, I got a three-bedroom place and a tiny car that needs servicing next week. I'm good. Mm. Not a whole lot of drama, but that's all right. Wouldn't that be a great crossover episode, though, if you had Breaking Bad and Succession, the characters? (laughs) Yeah. Buying meth from Walter White. (laughs) Breaking Bad and The Crown? <laughs> well, Prince Harry is the link between those two. Uh, well, Prince Universe, Andrew, he yeah. gets his moment to shine. Indeed, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, what, what did you? What do you think, Gary? Have you got any sympathy for the the billionaires? And mm. all the children are. It's been made very clear individually billionaires on the show Succession. Well, so it's weird. You know, a lot of people have come up to me, quite a few actually, and said, "Oh, you, I look like Jeff Bezos." Mm. Does, do you, do, do, yes, it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm not sure if I can pity doing Jeff Bezos, you know, if he looks like me. Come on. Um, I mean, it'd be, it'd be tempting to replace him, wouldn't it? It'd, be, it'd somehow figure out a way to swap. It would be really cool swap. if I did just uh, looked enough like I could just walk into the office and just sort of go, I just need to transfer some I, money. I, I, <laughs> I just need to transfer Bezos, some money yeah. to like Gary Eck. <laughs> Gary Eck and a few more zeros there would be lovely. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. See you, Jeff. See you. See you. See you, everyone. I mean, see you, everybody. <laughs> That's very good. Eddie. The thing about Jeff Bezos has been in the news this week, actually, because he managed somehow to spend five hundred million American dollars on a yacht. Yeah. What kind of? I have no idea what features no, I, a yacht I would did, have. Actually, that was me. <laughs> it was you. It was Gary Eck having yeah, a joke. Yeah, Gary Eck has an awesome yacht in the harbour right now. Yeah. Look. I just call it the dinghy. <laughs> just, just a little dinghy. Just dinghy, a little dinghy. Dinghy, dinghy one, dummy. Dinghy one. I got dinghy two and three. He probably does. I remember seeing him being. I mean, talk about billionaires. I remember being on Hamilton Island, and 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 there was a yacht there. It was it was called something, the Yannicka One, 
and next to it was the Yannicka 2 <laughs> and Yannicka 3. Like, this guy had three of them all you can have- And he wasn't even there. That's the thing. The billionaire who owned them had just told them to go to Hamilton Island and he might turn up. So he has all the money in the world but can't afford someone to think of more than one name. Well, he sent all three ships and he realised he couldn't actually get there. So that was the Didn't George Foreman name all of his children George Foreman? Yes, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't the logic of that that it would be unfair to give just one of them the honour? Yeah. So it was George the first, second, third, whatever it was. Uh, now, look, the main plot of succession was Logan Roy, the patriarch, a success at everything in his life except parenting. And I just thought... I'd ask the panel, what are some of the most terrible examples of parenting you've come across in real life? Are there any real-life Logan Roys out there that you've seen, whether it's those of us who are parents ourselves, stuffing things up, uh, or just something you've seen in your travels? Carolyn, any, any thoughts on this? Well, I could nominate myself for not taking my son to the doctor for a sprained ankle, which turned out to be broken. Um, but I don't like to dwell on the recent past. I'd like to dwell much further back in time and focus on some of the terrible things my parents did. Um, some quality 1970s parenting. My father in 1979, we had both the Muppet movie and Alien come out at the same time. I was 10, my brother was 12. There was a clash and my father came up with a compromise that we'd see them both. We would go to the cinema, I would see the Muppet movie they would go and see Alien. So he settled me into the cinema with some popcorn. It was packed Saturday night and uh, some men in front of me had a fist fight during Gonzo's song, which I think doesn't reflect that well on them. <laughs> but the Muppet movie's 97 minutes long, Alien's 116 minutes long. So I was hanging around in front of the cinema in uh, Brisbane's Queen Street, which used to, which was then a street, for around about 25 minutes on a Saturday night and that was just considered normal in the 70s. And, you know, wow. I'm here to tell the tale, so... Can we say it was that bad, honestly? I mean, it's still as, as harrowing as Brisbane may have been. Better than going and watching the end of Alien. And it's very young <laughs> Indeed. There's a crossover <laughs> meal. Let me go like, see, the Muppets meet Alien. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Tommy Dean, any thoughts on, uh, on bad parents? We all have our moments as a parent. We all slipped at one time or another. Mm. I mean, we all learned it from our parents. I carry a series of scars where my father thought a butterfly bandage was better than stitches. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But, you know, he, my, my legs are still intact and I've got the story. I remember him now. And now you're a health professional. I, mean, I work in health. <laughs> point out the butterfly bandages were never good enough. Absolutely. They were never good enough. They just kept flying off. They're far mm. too fragile, just like butterflies. Gary Eck, when I say to you, and this is, as someone who yeah. works in children's television, yeah. uh, you know, you, you're often thinking about the, the needs of children. What, what's some bad parenting you've come across in your travels? Actually, well, just you're talking about our parents, I just remembered when I was little, we, our family was coming back from a dinner or something. I can't remember what it was. Everyone's in the car. Everyone gets out of the car, but they forget that I've fallen asleep mm. in the car. So, oh, my God. We forgot Kevin. No, they didn't even think about that. <laughs> Everyone went inside, went to bed, didn't even oh. realize I was still in the car. So I've woken up, like, I don't know, at 3 a.m. or something. I'm going, oh, I'm in the car. Uh, this, this doesn't seem like my bed. So I've gone out and, of course, all the doors are locked. I can't get in. <laughs> so I, I go to where my mum was, like, second story and I'm yelling out, Mom, Mom. She goes, what is it, Gary? She says, you know, I'm, I'm outside. <laughs> what are you doing outside? You left me here. And, of course, I'm yelling this for all the neighbours to hear. So now everyone's going, oh, my God, they're awful parents have locked their child outside in the car. I mean, it's a horrible, horrible moment, I'm sure. But also you had a heads up on the chance to write home alone before it came out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's Thank God It's Friday. Your panel, uh, Gary Eck, Carolyn Swindell and Tommy Dean. My name is Dom Knight. You're on ABC Radio across New South Wales. We'll have more comedy and some live music uh, coming up very, very soon. Just before we go to the, the, the roads, though, um, I love this little tidbit about succession. Vanity Fair reported 
that during Rupert Murdoch's divorce settlement uh, with Jerry Hall, she was barred as part of the deal from talking to the writers of Succession. I was wondering quickly, if you could write a series based on real people, a narrative comedy, we'll start with you, Gary, who mm. writes for television, mm. who would you like to fictionalise? Because the notion of a kind of fictionalised Rupert Murdoch was a pretty good idea. You, you, need, you can't base it on real people because most real people aren't as interesting as the made-up people or, you know, exaggerated people, you know. I mean, it just every show I can imagine I can, that I love is always kind of not real people. Like even when I look back at Sound of Music, I mean, there's the worst family on the planet as well. <laughs> I mean, the Von Trapp family, what oh. an evil... I used to watch that dad and go, my God, he makes his children line up in a perfect line <laughs> and sing goodnight. Like who does that to their kids, right? And then, But then when you have kids, you think, oh, my God, what I wouldn't give for just a little bit of that. <laughs> just so, you know, my kids, imagine that lining up at night saying, good night, Dad, I've made my own lunch and, well, hey, I made yours as well. And I'd be okay. like, yeah, whatever, I'm watching Netflix. I have a new parenting goal, <laughs> Carolyn Swindell. Uh, so I'm going to disagree. I think that the most fascinating TV ever could be, I would like a minute-by-minute minute of the Mariah Carey-James-Packer engagement. <gasps> oh, I, I, yes! I think that would be fascinating. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> such a good... I'm going to come back to you for a name for that series a little oh, bit later on. Because um, that's got to exist. I, I don't know what you call it, but it would be so, so funny. Tommy Dean, if you were writing a, a series loosely well, based I, on someone... Loosely based, I would loosely base it on Tom Cruise. <gasps> and we would learn that actually one of the great movie star does his own stunt action men is actually a fall about the house klutz. <laughs> Just every week he's trying to do something and trips over a ladder, can't drive a car. He's really quite terrible at the physicality cr- of life. I absolutely love it. There you go. You are on, thank God it's Friday, across New South Wales. Thank God it's Dom Knight filling in for Richard Glover here on Thank God It's Friday. Our panel, Gary Eck, Carolyn Swindell and Tommy Dean. And Tommy, I think it might be time to spin that wheel over Soon, there. What do you yeah, we should spin the wheel. But just before we do, I don't understand the euphemism. It just it felt like the whole song was about tennis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe yeah, I've been watching a lot of the French yeah. Open recently, but mm. the whole time I was like, that's tennis, mm. that's tennis, that's tennis. tennis. I don't understand, that's tennis. And still in that court. Yeah, racket, tennis. Mm. Yeah. No, look, it sounded very, very nice, didn't it? Very it did. Sport, people going out and enjoying themselves. Maybe getting slightly sweaty. I'm not sure yeah. how that went down. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, I asked what Carolyn Swindell's brilliant idea would, would be called. The uh, The... Bio on a series, like discussion, inspired by the Mariah Carey James Packer romance. Someone's texted in here, unpacked, which I think is is not bad. Ooh, That's nice. nice. I, I was going down a similar path myself, and I will say this is in reference to Mariah's association with Christmas. Not any suggestion that she might be a teensy bit unhinged, but crackers and packers, perhaps. Oh, mm-hmm. Very nice. All, all I want for Christmas is a massive settlement. Mm. Could work. Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a musical too. I think it should be a musical. Yeah. 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 Packer to the rafters. Packer to the rafters. Yeah. Look, it's going to be a multimedia yeah. extravaganza. And the good thing is the lawsuit, I, I think it's entirely on you, Cameron. <laughs> you suggested get, get packed. Get packed, absolutely. All right, well, we've got the Wheel of Death here ready to go. Tommy Dean's going to um, do whatever it says at the end. I'm going to read through the topic series best I can. We've got mulch, uh, all these provided by you, by the way, on the text line. Mulch, coconuts, defamation, topical, Andrew Lloyd Webber, crochet, hex as in the student loan, and also, I think due to a spelling mistake, <laughs> hex as in a witch's curse. Uh, they're the so, same. They're exactly the same. They're exactly the same thing. Yes, indeed. Um, procrastination is there. The Mona Lisa. Funnel web spiders. Traffic lights. Cheesecake. Minimum wage. Soup. And 
mulch. Very, very eclectic. Let's give it a spin and see where Come it ends on, up. on, winner. I got all my money on the big spin. Oh, oh, oh it's oh. Hex Student Loan. That was She's hardly actually a spin helped there, Don. That was, very, very, that was a very a, soft no, spin. No, but you know, we're in an inflationary period, so it's just as well that he started to bring down the interest rate in the wheel. As I think, <laughs> no, no, I think we've made, over the time, Richard's gotten too spinny. <laughs> and I just don't think there's a lot of radio in six minutes of clack, 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 what's going to happen? Clack. It was a pathetically slow speed. Yeah, I was I'm hoping sorry. you'd get procrastination, then you could just take your time. Well, I don't know if it was the song, but really I, maybe you have tennis elbow, it. and that's what you were worried about. <laughs> Inflating. It was very, very soft. But nevertheless, um, Hex, uh, well, either this kind. Is, this is entirely uh, too topical. Uh, in my line of work, uh, because my daughter just started university in the last term. Mm. And um, and here's the thing. This, I suppose this goes back to what we were talking about. With, I wouldn't call it bad parenting, but perhaps somewhat not attentive parenting. But, you know, she was going to school, and I was dropping her off, and I'd pick her up from the train station, and we'd talk about how her day went at uni, and we were so excited. You know, just the first of our children to really attend higher education. And it was only last night at dinner that I thought to myself, how are, how are we paying for this? <laughs> <laughs> had you thought this was some sort of paradise of free education? Well, I hadn't really thought about it because, you know, she'd been in school for the last 12 years of her life. Yeah. And we, you know, other than a couple of school fees and some, you know, $5 bills sent back with parental slips. Well, sure, she can go to the zoo. Here's five bucks. <laughs> she can go to Watson's Bay. Here's 10 bucks. That, that's what I kind of assumed school was, was a variety of small bills and notes, mm-hmm. and I hadn't been asked to sign anything, and um, and then only last night she said the dreaded word. She said, "Oh, you know, if I'm not careful, I'll have to begin repaying my hex." And I said, "I have to go now." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your father. So it I'm actually not hasn't father. been hexed for <laughs> a long time. It's now called the help debt, isn't it? As though it is. I mean, which is just a terrible misnomer. Yes, I think it's not, yeah. fee help. It's called. I don't know what it stands for, but it really? it does imply that you know. No, no, I help. believe that should be literal. We have a very good friend. Mm-hmm. Whose name is Fee, <laughs> and that, that's what it should yeah, be. Yeah. Fiona Help. Fiona, pay my daughter. What did what we make it? you godmother for? You never made me godmother. Well, we're doing it now. What is all those uh, mysterious? Study? I hate those mysterious. There's a lot of mysterious um, bills. You know, I think if you're not careful, mm. like uh, we have, you know, you, you have to have certain things. Like we have to have car insurance, of course, mm. uh, as good motorists. Um, but I forgot who it's with. Uh, so I know that I've got car insurance because I can see it being taken out of my mm. money accounts. <laughs> <laughs> my money account. But if there's a crash. My money bag. Yeah. Maybe you should be bags. the next governor of the Reserve Bank. Like, uh, <laughs> yes, I'll true. have your car money, Mao. But I don't, I don't know where it's coming from. So I'm, I'm scared of hex debts, uh, you know, because there's a big talk in America. America has different, the student mm. loan program, uh, which is deeply offensive mm. and basically ratcheted it up faster than a credit card. Like, you're almost better off paying for your school with a credit card mm. than taking out a student loan Yeah, <laughs> at the percentage that you'll lose. Because in America, you, you, still, you, you still have to pay interest even if you don't have a job, whereas hex here, right, you don't pay until... You've got a job. Supposedly, it? you've got to earn sort of more than the average yeah. or the median or whatever it is in order to have to pay it back. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the, yeah. That's yeah no, there it is. As soon as you're done school, bam. Yeah, so it's, it's on good, and see, the interest and the interest yeah. and the interest. And a lot of people are like, why do you live in Australia? Well, I'm not saying hmm. that this is why, but maybe. Well, <laughs> maybe it's a good far enough place to be where they can't find me while I wait. 
for the socialists to come to power. <laughs> Socialist paradise that is Australia. But yeah, I'm scared of it. I'm absolutely scared of it. Um, and the worst part is, is I feel like my girl in higher education should be able to explain it to me if I would just give her a moment of my time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thank Managed you very to much. Avoid her for years. <laughs> Beautiful work there on the wheel of death from Tommy Dean. <laughs> Speaking of America, um, got a, a new story here. I've got another question for Gary. Oh, Gary. Uh, my question here on TGIF: Which group of people was pardoned this week in the state of Connecticut, mm. centuries after their conviction? Well, yeah, this is um, Connecticut, which is in the US. Very, it is. Very mm. close to, well, nowhere near where Tommy lives. But, um, and they've, weird, they've formally pardoned the men and women charged with witchcraft, um, which is a tad late. <laughs> they could have done that when they were being tied to the stake, uh, about to be burnt. But apparently 400 years later, they went, you know what, you know, we, we, you're not really a witch. So just forget about it. I mean, if they could have been told, surely, before they were immolated, you know, in 400 years, the, the state tenants going to say, you're not a witch. I mean, an awful time to have just lived during that era. And, mm. you know, I mean, imagine, like, being a magician trying to make a career. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled a rabbit out of the hat. He's a witch. Mm. Right anyway. the state. I've got the news story here. It said that the resolution passed with a 33 to 1 to two vote. Now, I gather that means one person abstained mm. and two people said no. No. What do you know? No. So no, no, no. Definitely uh, One person said no and two people, oh, two abstained. people abstained. Yes. Anyway. What's the logic? Who's abstaining and voting no then on that? The person that says no must be a witch. Well, it's a, it's a cancel culture argument that it's like we can't be um, looking with uh, 2023 eyes at judgments made 400 years ago. And it's like, I think we can actually, I think we can say that this is was not yeah, a good thing. Yeah, the jury's so. out on whether it's universally yeah. uh, wrong to burn witches <laughs> at the stake. But in the lower house, it was only 121 to 30. So there were 30 <laughs> people in their lower house who said, I think this is a terrible idea. But it's That's so stupid. Good. I mean, if you had a wart, you're a witch, you know. Mm. And even if, if, you were, if you were poor and homeless, you're a witch. And if you were wealthy and independent, you're a witch. So mm. you, you can't win. Mm. Well, well, the logic yeah. was quite fascinating, wasn't it? The notion was that um, they'll, they'll start burning you or mm. dunking you into water. If you're a witch... You'll be able to save yourself. Uh, that's the problem. Yeah. That is the problem. It's, it's it a reverse death penalty. It feels like they felt it was too easy. If the witches were as evil and powerful as they said they were and why they had to be dealt with, it feels like a trial and a, a backyard lynching mm. didn't really show. It, it seemed too easy. Mm. Surely you yourself had to think, this is too easy. Mm. If, my, if my enemy is... This powerful. <laughs> yeah, they could. They now, could. Wait a minute, all I got to do is grab her, <laughs> tie also, her up with some hemp rope. <laughs> By the uh, way, that hemp rope is going to be a problem in the future. Yes, yeah, so true. you know. Yeah, that's right. But also, after the, after the alleged witch um, does in fact die or get, or get burned and, and doesn't save themselves, shouldn't that be the point where you go, oh, my bad, clearly not a witch. Yeah. We got that with this mm-hmm. one wrong. Anyway. See, David Copperfield would have got out of the fire. See, there you go. would have been a genius. The best episode, I know this is a weird thing, and I I still remember it so much. It was 70s television, but in the the show Bewitched, there is an episode of Bewitched where, you know, it takes place back in the time of the witch trials. Really? And and the witches, like Bewitched, can do it. Hey, fellas, uh, by the way, blink. Chains fall off, blink. (laughs) You turn them into a rabbit, blink. This is what you're dealing with, by the way. You're not getting away with taking me down because blink, 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 blink. (laughs) 
It is such a shame they didn't have Elizabeth Montgomery to, to refer to as a truly powerful rule. Which, so, but I'm wondering, sorry. Hartford, um, Connecticut, uh, they are quite a risk-averse place. I've looked at this. is very interesting. If you'd like to go research. and visit Hartford, Connecticut, mm-hmm. um, they should put this on the brochure. I think there's more insurance professionals than anywhere else mm. in the USA, possibly mm. in the world, because it's the home to the headquarters of more than 100 insurance companies, this relatively small town. So mm. I think Witches. they take, take risk very seriously in Hartford, well, Connecticut. You know why that is? It's because it's guaranteed which free. There's, uh, <laughs> things right. can't go because wrong. There's so many uh, unless you've declared a witch uh, on your paperwork in the beginning, in which case they don't have to cover you. Is that an exclusion in the contract? Probably is. <laughs> I'm wondering, though, while we're, um, while we're talking about ancient misdeeds, mm. ancient wrongs that we've done, if there's anything our panel wants to confess and perhaps, perhaps we can pardon mm. you in some form. Gary, mm. have you got any past misdeeds you want to bring forward today? Um, no, I'm pure, Don. I haven't mm. done anything wrong at all. Gary needs to be pardoned for lying. <laughs> lying Gary, they used to call him back in the day. What a liar! Don't lie to us. This is your confessional. I did Step once. forward. I did, you know, I, you know, when I, um, when I went to get my driver's license when I was 16 in Canberra, 16, nine months, mm. I was so confident I was going to pass, and I didn't. And I thought, oh i got to drive home. I was meant to have a licensed driver because a mate dropped me off. Oh. And I thought, oh, I'll be all right. And as I drive home, the guy who did the test looks out the window and sees me driving. <laughs> and he goes, oh, hello, rings the cops. And, of course, I actually went to the golf course instead and then the cops went home, knocked on the door, you know, is Gary here? And my mum's like, oh, my God, what's happened? Because, oh, he drove home without his licence. And that's why, to this day, Jeff Bezos is not allowed to drive in the yeah, ACC. Right. Yeah, yeah. Confession time. He can fly his rocket, though. He can, Sorry. absolutely. Uh, Carolyn Swindell, any confessions? Uh, yes, I need to apologise to Scott Morrison, uh, uh, he was blamed for ruining Australia's relationship with France, but I think I did it in 2012, and I have checked the statute of limitations has expired on this, but uh, I destroyed Paris's ancient uh, plumbing system. Um, <laughs> cleaning up after my four-year-old son had a spillage in the, one of the underground bathrooms at the Luxembourg Gardens and accident. He threw some paper towels in the toilet and I thought, do I get that out or do I uh, flush it and see what happened? Obviously went for the latter and there was some flooding. It was all clear water, nothing to panic about here <laughs> except for me where there was nothing to clean it up. So we um, did a runner and uh, <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. There was no mop. The attendant had gone on her break and then came back to chaos. So I, I apologise. I feel very bad about that. I felt worse about it at the time because I left my handbag behind and had to go back 10 minutes later and uh, she said madame and handed me my bag and although we didn't speak the same language, it was very clear to me she knew exactly what I had done <laughs> and she did not approve. So, uh, mea culpa, I apologise. Um, uh, je suis Francais. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that's Paris the only place I've been to in the world where you've got to pay to go into a public toilet. There's that's a little because thing. people keep trashing but the coins. toilets. <laughs> I was thinking you sort of paid for your fun, though, hadn't you? <laughs> 20 francs or something in the way. How about you, Tommy Dean? Any confessions you want to share yeah, with us all? Time Gain come. absolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was 17 years old, uh, I, the high school that I went to was a brand new high school. It was only in its fourth year, so I was the first of the four years of that new high school. And we had uh, very little tradition. Um, but over that four years, we had built up a rivalry uh, with another school called Mountain View. We were angry at them because they could view the mountains. <laughs> they lived in an area. Snobs. I mean, granted, you could yeah. see the mountains from anywhere in Phoenix, yeah. but they had a view. <laughs> we just had a sight. Brick. We lived in mountain sight. 
Mountain View. Oh, how we hated Mountain View. The Toros of Mountain View. We were the Mustangs, and horses and Toros have never gotten along, ever. Uh, but we wanted to, in our senior year, do the classic uh, thing where we defiled their mascot <gasps> before the giant football game. And we were too scared. <laughs> We were too scared to go to Mountain View and actually defile their mascot. Well, their, their statue. They had like a statue of yeah, their yeah. Toro out the front. Uh, so we ran a false flag and wow. defiled our Mustang on home turf as if the Mountain View people had oh, broken oh, into our school and defiled yeah. our statue. And it motivated the team to a victory, the likes that have never been seen in the four <laughs> years up to then. So my crime led to the greatest homecoming football game of Dobson High's memory. That but, is but I would like brilliant. to be pardoned because it was really... It was pretty lame. It was pretty lame. <laughs> I think if there's a football <laughs> win in it, though, there's no crime, right? Ultimately, yeah. it's... Well, uh, we, the... we, we attacked our own mm. statue. <laughs> we defiled... <laughs> Murphy the Mustang. <laughs> Murphy the Mustang. I've got a way you could actually gain absolution um, from the state of New South Wales. If you could do the same thing ahead of State of Origin Game 2, yes. that might be very, very welcome <laughs> at this point because I don't know how – it's in Queensland. I don't know how we're going to win. Uh, the final question on this, do you reckon there are any witches and, and wizards out there still today? Oh, I mean, uh, 400 years ago, clearly they, they didn't identify any of them, but in the modern era, maybe amongst prominent people, mm. celebrities and so on, there might be some witches and wizards yep. still yes. active. What do you think, Carolyn? Keith Richards. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Well, I mean, sympathy for the devil, it was pretty clear, <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he was born 400 years yes, ago. Yes, exactly. So it make sense. Yeah. What he has done to that body, there is no mm. way that man could be alive. Yeah. He's been through fire. We should ask him what those witch trials were like, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Gary? Um, yeah, I haven't. Uh, not something I really think about a lot. Like, who's a witch? Who's a wizard? Um, <laughs> Are you deferring this question? Yeah, no, no. I'm just Are thinking of the Uber driver that charged me $103 for a $40 fare. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be wizardry so for sure. Pricing, and I, I didn't even notice. I just kind of went home and then, you know... You don't get you your... know who I am? I'm Jeff Bezos. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was like, because you, you don't get your email to afterwards. And I was like, what the... And then I realised he'd gone through all the wrong tunnels and paid all those tolls and I got charged for them. I didn't even realise. Mm. But anyway. But it's, yeah, like it's, a wizard, it's a wizard. It's a wizard. It's a witch. Witch. Could witch. be. But the billionaire class, I think, is where you find them. Oh, surely. It's the only way. Intergenerational wealth is the only way to keep going. Like Rupert Murdoch um, probably is just days away from the final transfusion where he moves into a new body. <laughs> <laughs> He's just wrapping up the last days. I actually was thinking that that was what the reason that Doctor he was you know, engaged to that woman. That was so clearly younger oh, yes, than him. Oh, yes, the younger woman. He was actually having his consciousness moved into her. <laughs> they would get married. Just he would die yeah. and then inherit all of his wealth. <laughs> and then this crazy, powerful woman would come to power and lead for another 80 years. And then she'd marry some young man, move into his body, and doing it back and forth Thank for God the last 600 years. Thank God someone is speaking these truths finally, yeah. Yeah. Tommy. Thank That's you. what I think is happening. Mm. <laughs> but then what, what do you make of the broken engagement? Does he need a younger form? Yeah, still? something went wrong with mm. the, something went yeah, wrong with the horse. Yeah, I don't know the, what happened. Yeah. The yeah. ego wouldn't fit in her cranium. So. <laughs> there wasn't enough room. She was of too good a heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, now, he's now an elephant. because it's the Like those people cavity. who wake up during surgery. She's like, what, yeah. what's happening here? Uh, now, while we're talking about all things entertainment, um, mm. a bit of sports before we head. This is the time in the show when we generally talk about sport. Um, which sport, which is coming to the Paris Olympics next year, by the way, had its athletes coming forward this week, panel, to ask for more funding and respect. Mm. Tommy, we across this one. Oh, man, I have been uh, one of the champions of this sport. I was probably, I believe, the first to say this is a sport. 
I remember standing alongside all the breakdancers on the campus of my high school, the great Dobson Mustangs, and <laughs> as the cardboard was laid down and the popalockers and the breakdancers mm. went to work, they're like, Tommy, you should have a dance with us. And I said, dance? Are you kidding, athletes? This is a sport. What are you doing on the theater side of school? Getting over to where the gymnasium is. Athletes, you should be Olympic representatives of the country. The United States needs you. This is, yes, breakdancing is an Olympic sport in the Paris yeah. Olympics. And apparently uh, Australian breakdancers don't get funding or respect. Mm. In fact, they need money to even have a tryout. Which I think is now redundant. Tommy Dean, you could surely. Well, I mean, it was represent. never about the money. You're, you're on your roots, breakdancing. It was about a cardboard box mm. laid out flat and a hat and some goofy shorts. Get back to what makes this sport worthwhile. <laughs> but and busking, crazy they used to bus. and busking. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they should be able to busk at the Olympics. You they know? should even have like a, like, a, like the judges should just have to like stand on the top of a picnic table <laughs> and play hacky sack. <laughs> <laughs> while the breakdancing happens. Actually, has Hacky Sack ever been an Olympic sport? I mean, I think that's a great opportunity for Brisbane 2032. Yeah, totally yeah. Get the Hacky Sack yeah. going. No, they have the World Series in the US, and it's just Canada and the US. It's like baseball. We let people from all the world play, just so you know. <laughs> Look, it's better play. than bond dancing. I mean, you know. Hey. Is that an dance. Olympic sport? Bond dancing is coming next. Yeah. Sure. Have you oh, ever yeah. stripped the willow? I think not. Yeah, so maybe right. you should stand and talk about things you know about, Caroline. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I have dosy doed my partner many times. Thank you, Caroline. <laughs> Thank you very much. Wait a minute. Was that tennis euphemism? <laughs> I don't know. Does he Is do? it hot in here? <laughs> Any more thoughts, though, on, on forgotten pastimes from our youth? I mean, hacky sack's pretty good. Hacky barn dance. Mm. Bar- what other Olympic sports, and in particular ones that we could win at around the, around the room? I mean, yeah, what about some prank Oh, well, what's the, what was the, prank you calling. called it brandings, I think, here. Oh, yes. Some Olympic brandings would be mm. good pegging fun. A ball, yeah. Pegging a tennis ball to people. That would be fun. Yeah, that'd yeah. be so fun. Was Were you that good at just that? dodgeball? Well, we played a, ver- a version of it called Butts Up, but it sounds like what you did. It was like, it started off like handball, but if you failed, instead of having a point scored against you, you had to go uh, lean up against the wall, and then the ball was pegged mm. at your behind. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. I like dodgeball. The There's more bruises in mm, branding. I reckon pea shooting would be good too. I mean, they have shooting, <sighs> but pea shooting, where oh, yeah. you, you get this, you got to get the judge unexpectedly in between the, you yeah. know, the eyes there. Can I really nominate something that I think Australia would win, and in yes. fact, I would be our representative in? Uh, in my day, it was called the Madison, but nowadays it's called Nutbush, uh, the dance, and oh. it's very, yeah. I I think that we would yeah. kill that oh, as a totally. country. Because yeah. no other country apparently is aware of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, apparently Australia did embrace it like nowhere else. I don't quite know why that is. Of all the possible Tina Turner songs or indeed mm. dances, we love that. I'm presuming that's the opening and the closing ceremony of Brisbane 2032. With a giant winking kangaroo. Mm. Bring yeah. it out of retirement. Yeah. And, and let's be clear, it's not going to be just at the opening and closing. It's going to go for the full two weeks of the games. Yeah. Every medal ceremony, they have to up the top of the podium, do oh, that'd be funny. Yeah. They play the music, and you got to, yeah. you know, not but then, uh, <laughs> what a note to house, end on. Yeah. We've solved 2032 Olympics yeah, here, yeah. Uh, around the, the table. You're now, Gary, yeah. you're oh, on that's the how way. they play the medal ceremony. Sorry, that's what it'll be. That no anthems anymore, yes. yeah. forget yeah. nationalism. Oh, such a good idea. Everyone had it around the panel. Yeah. Gary, you can yeah. catch him tonight at the Katoomba Comedy Club at the yes. Avalon Restaurant. Drive now, leave season now. two of your series Ginger and the Veggie Sores. Yeah, just started on ABC Kids and Ivy. Congrats! Yeah, that's right. Started yeah, every day, uh, seven fifty a.m. Yep, get up and, or on Ivy anytime. Like. It's very so good, by the way. In fact, I was just telling yeah. Gary before the show this is the only television show that makes me want to get another woman pregnant. What a great show with my children! What a great review. Carolyn Swindell's novel. We only want what's best. 
is out now from a firm. Pressed and checked it out. And Tommy Dean is part of TGIF live in Wagga at the Wagga Comedy Festival next Friday, featuring Richard Glover, of course, back in the chair or on the stage, and Gene Kitson and Jennifer Wong. So an excellent panel uh, heading to Wagga. I'm assuming Richard Glover will either... Um, return or be reanimated into someone else's body. He could be Rupert Murdoch. Maybe that was the crossover. (laughs) Maybe that was the crossover. It's not impossible. (laughs) Time Flyers, ABC News. Thanks for joining us.